great. Hey, uh, uh, last, last week about this time, I was telling you that I, we have a daughter-in-law that's in the hospital, has gone into labor, and I'm, I'm just pleased to announce that now Hank Theodore Roberts arrived Sunday afternoon, so uh, he's doing well, yeah, at least Donna. <laughs> so I know that you've been worried about it all week because I said she was in labor, and so you didn't expect me to come and say that she's still in labor, right? That would be uh, yeah, too much. Uh, you know, holiday season, I know I've, I've talked to a couple of people about, you know, what's, what's going on. A lot of busyness right now. Uh, we, we, our topic is peace, and yet we get into this and preparations for families getting together, uh, gifts being purchased, go out, and my favorite thing is go shopping. I, I'm not even talking about Christmas, just any type shopping is not my thing. And, uh, but, but I'll go with my wife for, for like an hour. I'm pretty good. But after that, she knows there's like a timer that goes off and, and I, I'm tuned out after that, you know, go sit in the car, go find something to play with, whatever. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a hectic time of the year, but, but that message of peace, that message of peace, it, it, and that's the focus of our series uh, the, the phrase that, was, uh, that, that announced Jesus coming by the angels, uh, peace on earth, uh, is our focus for our series. Last week we began with peace needed. And as I said, as we came together, we don't need to spend time convincing you that this world needs peace, right? Uh, don't, there, there's so many. It might be something personal for you. You see a lack of peace maybe in, within family or in a neighborhood or in community or, or other places where your family are. Uh, you know, this world, from, from everybody's viewpoint, is needing peace. And so uh, we began actually looking through the Scripture. Uh, first of all, the Old Testament, how, you know, here, here's a people blessed by God, created this nation of, of God and and. Throughout the Old Testament, this people never realized the kind of peace that God wanted to give to them. Genesis through and, and the ending of Malachi, they're still looking, anticipating the kind of peace that God could give. Uh, during the 400 years in between, no peace. Uh, that gave me the opportunity to talk about Hanukkah and the, the Jewish celebration and the focus wasn't a celebration of the coming peace, but a celebration of the, of the provision of God and the deliverance of God, but, but not that eternal, everlasting peace that's coming to this world uh, like we celebrate uh, because of Jesus. We also introduced that, that perspective or that, that Scripture even gives to us that when Jesus entered this world, it was, it, he entered into his hostility. He faced hostility from this world, right? Uh, the, the fact that even his, the ending of his life was, was focused and, and directly because of that hostility, uh, specifically from religious leaders, that Jesus was crucified. Jesus knew the uh, chaos, the hatred, the difficulties that's in this world because he came and, and faced it uh, just just. Full and, and, and full and received it all. Um, 
One, one of the things I just want to remind you from last week and emphasize this, that, that a lot of times we'll go to those passages of Scripture, Luke 2, and focus upon the birth of the baby, or even go to Isaiah and talk about the prophecies of, of you know, this baby being wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and, and, and Isaiah 9, that this baby is going to be born. But I encouraged you to look at Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53. And that passage is about the suffering Savior. It's not all about the, the cradle. Matter of fact, the, the, the significance of the, uh, of the manger is the cross. You know, and we can't forget that. So I encourage you again, these, these wonderful, precious children to us uh, who, who had the opportunity to sing, uh, I, I want them not just to know the, the baby that came into this world, but the reason he came into this world, and it was absolutely because of the cross. He came to face uh, this chaotic, hectic, and, and, and evil world. And, and man, did he face it. And as it says in Isaiah 53, you know, he was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. That punishment was upon him that brought us this peace. Now, uh, this, this morning, the focus uh, on peace that I'd like to talk to you about is peace pursued, that, that pursuit of, of peace. And, and with that, I wanted to turn to John 14. This is, this is actually uh, the, the final day before Jesus leaves this world. John 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, I believe also 17, those five chapters uh, really focuses in on a lot of what Jesus had to tell and prepare his disciples because he was leaving. In chapter 14, matter of fact, well, it's actually in 13 where Peter says, where are you going? Jesus introduced this idea, well, I'm leaving. He didn't go through the brutality, although that's mentioned uh, here and there, but, but Jesus is telling them, I'm going to leave. Uh, little did they they know it was going to be again that night because he was going to be arrested. Maybe just a matter of just a few hours, Jesus was going to be arrested and then, then crucified. Uh, that's how close we are. So John 14, keep that in mind. In this chapter 14, he is trying to explain to them or he is explaining uh, where he's going. Uh, and, 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 and matter of fact, he's trying to bring some comfort to them, preparing them for him leaving. Uh, imagine this. Uh, they had spent three years with Jesus. They spent three years with Jesus. They've listened to his words. And I believe that his words themselves brought them comfort and peace that brought them uh, uh, you know, just, just a foundation to stand upon. Uh, but uh, they, they also were able to witness uh, you know, his, his miracles, you know, the healing. Uh, he raised some who were dead. Uh, he he was able to multiply multiply a small boy's lunch and and to walk upon the water. And it was the the apostles, these guys, who witnessed Jesus say, "Peace be still," and that raging storm just calmed just like that. Man, did they? I, I mean, just try to imagine how these men felt in the presence of Jesus. Confident, I, just uh, a sense of man. Jesus is is exactly who we want to follow, and now he's saying, "I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave, leave." And so I'm, I know that they were shaken. In verse 27, I'm just focusing on this this one particular verse. 
around these. Within that context, Jesus says these words concerning peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Uh, okay, here are here's very clear words concerning peace. Now, Jesus, I, again, I'll say, I, I believe that these men were, were living with such a foundation when Jesus was there and, and such confidence and even felt pretty, pretty great peace because they were with Jesus. And now he's leaving. He says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave you. Not, and, and I think the significant thing I want to share this morning is, he says, not like the world gives. Not like the world gives. Matter of fact, for us in this world, those living in this world, I, I do believe that peace is easy to imagine. At least, I think I've seen some movies that might identify that peace. At least some, definitely some songs. Matter of fact, for me, years ago, it was a commercial. It was a Coca-Cola commercial. And they were singing and holding hands and, and singing about Coke and peace. So, I, you know, younger on, when I was younger, those three things were important for peace. Coke in hand, holding hands, and singing together. Singing about peace. It looked, it looked like a peaceful, wonderful commercial. You were just drawn to it. I want to be in that group. I want to hold a bottle of Coke. I'm a Pepsi man. I want to hold a bottle of Coke. I want to hold hands. And I want to sing about peace. Are you familiar with songs about peace? And, and you know, once you're together, the, the natural thing of swain begins to happen. And you're singing. And, man, the whole scene is peaceful. So the, the truth is that, that peace could be imagined and, and hoped for in this world. It definitely is. But peace is easily imagined, but it is not found in this world. It's not found. And the peace I'm talking about, to be clear, uh, we're talking about the true and continued or even eternal peace. A peace that just doesn't go away. We're kind of familiar with that. I mean, there's moments of peace or times of peace that we see throughout history, maybe even in our lives, but then turmoil arises and, and peace is shaken, and, and then wondering, and, and what's going to come next, and, and, and things like that. I want to just take just some simple, simple phrases, some, some things with that focus in mind. The, the pursuit of peace. First of all, for the world, people have pursued and continue to pursue peace with little success. That's, that's the world around us. That's as simple as I could put it. You know, people are out there, they're pursuing peace, looking for peace, and, and there's all kinds of avenues that the world would offer to, to attempt to do that, and, and all of them fail. Okay, one thing we know is true peace cannot be purchased. People cannot purchase peace. Ask Solomon. If you've been with us over the several, past several weeks or even past few months, We've gone through the book of Ecclesiastes. Have we learned anything that through riches, you're not going to find satisfaction or meaning. You're not going to find peace. That was Solomon. All the way through, you know, uh, he, would, he would have moments where he'd have encouragement. Hey, eat, drink, uh, find satisfaction in your work. Uh, but then he'd end up by saying, but, but everything's meaningless. Everything's hopeless. And, and, and just sound... Pathetic, actually. Uh, it, 
there is a, a verse in there that I found really intriguing, Ecclesiastes 5.20, where he basically says that riches is basically a narcotic. Rich is basically a narcotic. It, it, it doesn't give you peace, but it could help you find places or even times to get away from chaos or, or to, to uh, you know, purchase things that, that you could surround yourself with stuff to help you forget about troubles. And, but it's only momentary. You can't purchase enough. Do we really believe that, that the most wealthiest people in this world have found peace? I, I, I don't think so. The, the things I've read, especially what I read recently about uh, finding ways to prolonging life, you know, a lot of very wealthy people are pursuing that. Why? They haven't found peace. They haven't found peace. Uh, so true, true peace cannot be purchased. It cannot be fabricated. It cannot be constructed. Uh, peace cannot be uh, made. Again, you know, last week I mentioned an article I read. I didn't give you the details behind it. Uh, the article is called 10, uh, 10 Steps to World Peace. This is, this is the world's look at, at, or someone's look at saying, here's how we're going to accomplish peace. And the article is from a, a, a website called The New Internationalist. The New Internationalist. And I've read, I've read it, printed it out, have read it over and over again, and, and just intrigued by the means or the pursuits. And some of those things are, you know, just kind of raise your eyes and say, you know, well, you know, there's some thought there. But, but I read it again this time just looking at the action words in, in the 10 steps, okay? Here are some of the action words to accomplishing peace. Stamp out. Tackle. Control. Allow dissent. <laughs> and in there I thought, you know, that, that's a violent or, or it might even seem to be violent words to accomplish peace. Or, or things that, that are, are completely contrary to peace to accomplish peace. And that's from the world. Along with it, there's some key words, especially towards the end. Number 10 was saying, you know, seeking for peace within. It talked about humility. They use the word humility. I believe humility is a part of really truly finding peace. Humility is a part of that. Um, also, the, the idea of, uh, let me see, uh, humility was used reconciling, seeking forgiveness, and giving forgiveness was also mentioned in the article. And for that, I said, oh, yeah, there you are. But even in that, it lacked, uh, it was looking in the wrong direction, I would say. Because I believe the only means of peace is going to be found in acknowledging God. It's only found in acknowledging God. And nowhere in the, the article did it even address this idea of reconciling, of being humble before our almighty God. So with the whole thing, all 10, I, I stamp a... Even, even that idea of humility and, and things... Not looking to God, failure, absolute failure. It cannot be fabricated. It cannot be created. True peace cannot be forced, right? That, that sounds like an oxymoron in a way. Oh, peace? Okay, we're going to force you to be into peace. It's, it's not going to work. And true peace cannot be faked. We try sometimes, don't we? 
How, how, do, we, how do we do the, the everyday greeting? Well, it is, how are you today? And you would say, I am fine. That's, that's, the, that's the extent of a lot of our conversation. How do you do? Well, fine. And, and we expect to find back. How, how many of you boldly have said, man, well, today's a hard day. <laughs> here's, here's the truth. And, and I, I just want to take a moment to think about, you know, we're talking about peace and, and maybe we're thinking more of outside the walls. Surely, surely this group here this morning that is acknowledging, that's thinking about God, we have peace. And that everybody out, out there, outside of knowing God, they're, they're searching for peace, they're looking for peace. But I, I do believe that a lot of people without peace sit in pews on Sunday. And, and I, I believe it includes here. So I'm going to encourage you. I'm encouraging you in your celebration. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Jesus is God's means of achieving, receiving peace. And so I, I want to, is, is your answer that fine? I, I do believe we ought to be a people that if someone asks me, how are you doing? You could just say, man, I'm in peace. Isn't that a great answer? I'm at peace. Merrill Clark's response to that, it, it, it had everything to do with peace, is, uh, oh, Brian, help me out. Good grief. I'll tell you the very best. Yeah, I spotted Brian back there. Merrill Clark would never say anything else but the very best. Even on the, the day his sweet lady died. I said, Merrill, how you doing? I tell you the very best. That, that man was a man of faith who loved God. And, and how could you be anything else? No matter the circumstances, I'm at peace. I tell you the very best. Um, I don't want to skip through this, and especially looking at the context around where Jesus is. Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave you my peace. I'm going to give you my peace. What did he say in verse 26? I would be so wrong to, to leave this behind. To think about peace. Jesus, Jesus says over and over again in this passage, and, and emphasizing, I'm going to be leaving, but, 26 says, but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Remember what he's considered in Acts chapter 2? Gift. Absolutely gift. To think about the advantage of these apostles to be walking with Jesus for three years and then for them to have to, oh man, take this message as I'm going to be leaving you. But he says there's an advocate, uh, the Holy Spirit. Advocate. What's the advocate? He walks beside. And he supports. And he helps. Matter of fact, it goes in and says he's going to help remind you of everything that you've heard. I, I believe that's part of the Holy Spirit. Man, remember. Man, if we're getting into the Word, man. God, may, may the Holy Spirit be reminding me what it says, its content, and leading me. That part of that peace that he's promising to give, the peace that he had with himself, with the apostles, now he's bringing the Holy Spirit. Guess where their peace from? It's not just something, oh, well, we're going to have peace because of Jesus. God gives us his Spirit to indwell us. And I believe through that spirit, we're going to realize there's, there's that peace that's working in us, living within us. So we ought, we ought to be a people 
who, who know, knows peace and is living that peace. Because what God has given us is forgiveness, is his Holy Spirit living in us. That, that's a wonderful gift that God has given to us. I want to move on. You know, this idea of pursuing peace isn't just humanity. God's been pursuing peace. He's been pursuing all throughout Scripture. God's pursuit has been to bring peace to, be, to people. And to continue, uh, and he absolutely continues in, his, in, in that pursuit. Now, it is seen in the covenants throughout the Old Testament. It's seen throughout the covenants. One of the first ones to me, and, and, and man, a, a very revealing one, is when God brought his judgment upon this world. Remember that, the flood? And the, and the reason he brought the, the, the flood, his judgment upon this world, to wipe it out, is because every inclination, every thought of humanity was only evil all the time. Wickedness. I sure am glad that we don't have that anymore. You know, the, the flood wiped it out. Absolutely not. We, we live in that same existence today. We know people. Matter of fact, I'm prone to that. Fleshly thinking, sinful thinking. That, that, that's, that's the kind of person I was when I met Jesus. That's, that's the life. I was, I was a person of the world. And, and, and the truth is, is that in, in this first covenant, God, why did he make this promise? It was absolutely out of his mercy. He said, I'm not, going to do that to, I'm not going to do that again. Never again am I going to flood this world in, in judgment. And he hasn't. Man, we've lived according to that, that uh, uh, covenant ever since. He hasn't wiped us out. He has continued to, per, uh, to, to, to move forward in his mercy and his forgiveness and his patience. He, he, he then continues to, to move through history by, by calling out a nation, choosing Abraham. And to Abraham, he made promises. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And, and another part of that promise was this, that, that and through you all nations, when I say that, all people are going to be blessed. And, and that nation was created, and in Egypt, God, you know, he, he brought them out of slavery, to, brought them to Mount Sinai, and there he established the best covenant of all. He said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. Isn't that a great advantage, to be in that kind of covenant with God? I will be your God, and you will be my people. And, and, and along with that covenant was this, this uh, condition. He said, you know, you're going to be blessed as my people as long as you are obedient. So it was, it was really a covenant established by the law, and, and, and you know, it needed to be followed through with obedience. Uh, in that time of that covenant, another covenant was made with David. As, and, you know, here he is, one of the greatest kings over Israel, and God said, I'm going to establish your throne forever. I'm going to establish your throne forever. And oh, the covenant that we know of. You know, do you know and understand the covenant that we have today? The covenant we have today comes through Jesus. The, the final, I, I believe the final and greatest covenant that God has established for you and I is through Jesus and his blood. When we partake of the communion, we hold that up and say, hey, this represents the covenant that, that, that covenant was established through my blood. We remember that covenant. 
What's the covenant? I believe it's the same thing. Uh, that that I, I'm going to be your God. You are my people. We are his children. Isn't that a great covenant? Matter of fact, all the covenants he made before, we're affected by. Well, the first one was his mercy. Uh, the second one, man, we are absolutely blessed. Uh, all peoples are blessed because of Jesus coming into this world. And then that opportunity through the blood of Jesus to really become God's people. His people. He is our God. We are his people. And the fact that, guess who's sitting upon that eternal throne? Jesus Christ at the right hand of God. Continued, continuously representing you and I. That when we come before God, man, we are able to approach God because Jesus is our representative. It's, it's what he's done. See, in the Old Testament, it was, it was everything about my obedience and I've got to do everything right and, and, and follow the laws. But in this, under this new covenant, it is in the blood of Christ. It's that he did everything right. And, and guess what? I want to follow him. Guess what? You, you are called to follow him. And, and, and for, with him as representing, we're in that covenant with God. God has pursued us. See, throughout all the Old Testament, all those covenants, it has been God's pursuit of you and I. It's been his work, his pursuit. And God continues to pursue us, uh, and, uh, con con continues to pursue peace for humanity, and it's through this church through the kingdom of God, through his kingdom that works in this world. That is the church. That's you and I. Uh, it, 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 it is continued to spread according to the fact that you are living his peace. You're living his peace, his spirit working within, continued to be molded and made and shaped into his image, shining his light, uh, being the salt and light in this world to draw attention uh, to him. It is also that spreading the message of his peace. Our great responsibility is to tell others about Jesus, about his significance, about the fact that this is how God has brought peace into this world. And oh, guess what? As they were asking, well, where are you going, Jesus? How could we? Thomas came up with a question. Okay, Jesus, we don't exactly know where you're going. How are we going to follow you? That's where Jesus came in and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. Remember that. Well, one of the difficulties the world has is, hey, is for us to say there is no other way. There is no, I mean, that's our message. There is no other way except through Jesus that we could find peace. There is no other way. What are we celebrating? What, what, what are we celebrating when it comes to, to every year? We're not, we're not celebrating, you know, the, the festivities. We're not celebrating just, you know, family coming together. We're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating the fact that, that Jesus came into this world to be God's gift, his great pursuit of peace. Here it is. It's available to you. His peace, which is eternal, consistent. I, I don't care what you're going through kind of peace. The troubles you face, it is peace. No matter what the nation is going through, that peace is consistent because of what Jesus did for you. Because what Jesus did is eternal. We know that, right? Oh, man. We've, we've struggled over 
you know, some, some times, even this year, there's been struggles and frustrations and, and fears and things like that. And hopefully you've come to that time where you're on your knees and saying, God, help me. And you realize, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I have Jesus. There's nothing that this world can take away from me. Nothing that this world is going to distract, nor is there anything that this world could offer me that is going to be better than what I've been given in Jesus Christ. Are you with me on that? Isn't that right? We celebrate Jesus. We celebrate Jesus Christ. We celebrate the fact that God has put it all together and sent him into this world uh, to bring us such a great salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for every day that you give to us. Uh, God, you are precious to us because of your story, because of your action. Lord, we love you because of your creation. But Lord, your pursuit of bringing us peace is right there. Lord, we know the story. We could tell the story, share the story. It's becoming our story in every day. Lord, for people to ask us how we're doing, Lord, no matter the circumstances, we could say we have peace Life is good because of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that uh, you strengthen us as we continue to celebrate. We pray, Father, that we could celebrate in front of those in our neighborhood, in front of our family. We could celebrate in a way that we're speaking uh, about the reason for our joy so that the world around us will know and, and, and make no mistake that it comes from nowhere else except for Jesus. Lord, we praise you for the message that we have. We praise you for the peace that we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.